Welcome to this new edition of Café Klingendal, the podcast of the Klingendal Institute. My name is Willem van der Berg. I'm a research assistant for Klingendal's Conflict Research Unit. My research focuses on the interaction between the private and the public sector in fragile states, particularly in the Horn of Africa. Today, I have the pleasure of having a conversation with Frans Paul van der Putte and Anka Alena Ursu on the role of China in the Horn of Africa. Dr. Frans Paul van der Putte is a senior research fellow at Klingendal. His research is aimed at understanding the consequences of the rise of China as a major power and of China's new Silk Road strategy. He is a coordinator for Klingendal's geostrategic risk and a co-editor for Klingendal's new Silk Road forum. Anke Elaine Ursu is a research assistant with Klingendal's conflict research unit. A legal professional by training, she works at the intersection of customary justice, local governance and irregular migration from the Sahel. Before we begin to talk about China's role in the Horn of Africa, it's important to emphasize the strategic relevance of the region. So, there are two main reasons why the Horn is such a strategic region. The first has to do with maritime commerce. The Horn lies along the trade lane which goes from the Indian Ocean through the Red Sea and the Suez Canal. So it's one of the most active trade lanes in the world and connects Asia to Europe. Secondly, the Horn has also seen several significant conflicts and a lot of securitization over the last decade. For example, piracy off the coast of Somalia, Al-Shabaab's attacks in Somalia, civil war in Darfur and South Sudan, and proximity to the civil war in Yemen. Um, these conflicts have made the region a hotspot for counter-terrorism and counter-piracy, and have brought in foreign militaries. So, for example, Djibouti now hosts more foreign military bases than any other country in the world. And one of these bases, recently opened, is China's first ever overseas military base. Elena, maybe you could tell us a bit about China's aims in the region, the Horn of Africa. Thank you, Willem. Um, I would say that initially Beijing's engagement with the Horn of Africa was driven by economic factors. However, as China climbs up the supply chain by exploring more capital-intensive and high-tech industries, natural resources are mostly needed for domestic consumption rather than production. So currently China's efforts have become concentrated on offloading some of the labor-intensive industries to horn countries. Um, these countries, for instance, can offer cheap labor and access to African markets, which make them very attractive. Secondly, um, China pursues an ideological agenda. For instance, um, the China development model is used as a soft power mechanism to prove that economic development and political stability can be achieved in the absence of strong democratic principles. Uh, moreover, it has to be mentioned that also feeds um, into China's strong political interest in the Horn of Africa and Africa more in general, as Beijing is attempted to obtain more support for its foreign policy agenda in multilateral fora such as the United Nations. Um, finally, Beijing has also security-related concerns. Um, as a matter of fact, the opening of its military base in Djibouti plays a key role in resupplying some of the multinational anti-piracy operations of the coast of Somalia and throughout the entire Gulf of Aden. But China's security concerns are actually aimed at its own nationals, and military diplomacy is skillfully used to protect them and their interests. This is proven, for instance, uh, by the evacuation of hundreds of Chinese and foreign nationals from Yemen back in 2015. Thank you. And what approaches does China use to achieve these goals? 
Um, China has three instruments um, that it uses to achieve these goals. Um, these are grants, interest-free loans, and concessional loans. However, when evaluating the volume of Chinese investment, aid, and trade, researchers are confronted with a number of obstacles that regard the financing of activities by Beijing. Um, foreign aid, development funding, overseas direct investment are sometimes used interchangeably and they do not always reflect the nature of the projects that they fund. Um, this is also aggravated by the opacity of the policy and of the numbers that are provided by Beijing, um, often treated as state secrets, and by some of the transactions that manage to fly under the radar um, and remain underreported. What is interesting to note um, is that it's China's policy itself that um, generates a lot of this confusion. Uh, Beijing encourages state entities and commercial bodies to collaborate and to closely combine foreign aid, direct investment, uh, contracts, um, and trade. Um, underlying Chinese aid investment in Africa, there is the um, rhetorically framed win-win cooperation um, under the greater umbrella of the term South-South cooperation that can be defined as a pursuit of development objectives by enhancing countries' capacity. Um, so I think it's important to read the three instruments that I uh, mentioned at the beginning within this um, frame. Perhaps um, it would be um, interesting, though, to also understand how the approaches that China has um, or uses to achieve these goals fit into China's larger strategy. Um, what would you say, Franz Paul? In China's overall foreign policy, China's relations with developing countries play a very crucial role. And uh, since 2013, China has defined a strategic framework for its relations with developing countries, especially those in Asia and Africa, uh, which is called the Belt and Road Initiative. I think the Chinese approach to the Horn of Africa fits very well into this uh, strategic framework, um, which has uh, some key elements, in particular the focus on infrastructure development and the central role of financing from Chinese banks. Would you say that the approach to the Horn of Africa, is it special or different from China's approach elsewhere in Africa? The first thing that is notable about China's approach to the Horn of Africa in relation to the rest of Africa is that China established a military base in Djibouti. It's China's only foreign military base and it's the only, of course, the only military base that China has in Africa. Um, and I guess this relates to the, to the uh, geographic position of Djibouti and also to the fact that, um, as has been mentioned before by Willem, uh, there are many foreign uh, military bases in Djibouti already, so it wasn't that much of a dramatic change for the Djibouti's uh, international position to add uh, another uh, military base, um, in this case by China. <coughs> another aspect of the Horn of Africa, uh, I think, is that it's uh, located on the maritime route between East Asia and Europe. That means that for the relocation of industry from China, to other developing countries where uh, production costs are lower. Um, the Horn of Africa has a very interesting potential because if you move your factories from, from China to the Horn of Africa, you can use that as a production base for the European market or for Asian markets um, as you are located right on the maritime trade route. And in relation to these approaches, would you um, 
say that the Western responses to Chinese engagement in Africa are appropriate, or how would you evaluate them? I would say that the Western response to Chinese engagement in Africa so far has been uh, somewhat ambivalent um, and hesitant, um, especially in two regards. One is with in, in, in the area of development. Um, on the one hand, European actors, European governments have looked at Chinese engagement with Africa as providing a potential for cooperation. But on the other hand, there also fear that China is undermining the norms that they have developed for engaging with developing countries. Um, and this applies also to the security dimension, where China has been viewed by Western governments as a potential partner in the security sphere in China, but at the same time, Western governments are not sure about Chinese motives in Africa. Uh, they're not sure about Chinese commitment to security in Africa. Um, and there's also the issue of geopolitics, where China and the United States are increasingly having their bilateral geopolitical tensions, um, and Western countries are not entirely sure whether to regard China as a partner or as a potential adversary. So, following up on this film, would you estimate that uh, Chinese engagement in the Horn of Africa is creating more complementarity or more competition with the EU? Um, I would basically reiterate the point that Franz Paul made and say that it's creating opportunity for both complementarity and competition. So, in economic terms, there is a lot of complementarity. Uh, China and the EU both want to see a prosperous Horn of Africa that is open to international business and they share goals such as economic growth and poverty reduction. Similarly, China and the EU both want to see a stable Horn of Africa without conflict, piracy or terrorism. Um, so some of their security goals are similar too and they have in fact worked together on anti-piracy missions and civilian evacuations in the past. However, the ideological and the political differences could create competition. So, for example, China's model of state-led development is often at odds with EU norms on human rights, rule of law, democracy, and free market capitalism. Um, China is also interested in making friends in Africa who will vote with them at the United Nations and other international bodies, and this can sometimes uh, be in competition with EU interests. Against this very complex background, it's um, important to notice that are, there are policy steps that can be taken to seize some of the complementarity areas that Francois and Willem have mentioned. Uh, perhaps um, to begin, um, whereas Chinese financing um, in the Horn of Africa is directed mainly towards infrastructure, um, the EU development aid remains more keen on investing in what we call the soft sectors, including health and education. Um, this definitely represents an opportunity for the two to collaborate. While the Horn is clearly in need of roads and ports and infrastructure, the region also needs better trained and healthier laborers uh, to engage in a path of sustainable um, development. Um, however, in order to seize complementarity, it is important for European policymakers, for instance, to become more aware of the Chinese portfolio and to have a greater and better understanding of Beijing's engagement with the region. And only by reaching a greater understanding of China's operations and its drivers, uh, European decision makers will be able to harmonize their instruments with those of China. Perhaps one instance that could lead to this outcome is 
the organization of conferences between Chinese and EU aid workers, donors and investors at the very operational level um, in horn capitals such as um, Addis Ababa perhaps, where at the very operational level workers could share knowledge and exchange based practices both from the Chinese perspective and the EU perspective. Willem, would you like to add? Yes, another practical implication could be that EU policymakers and EU companies um, play to their own strengths. So the EU may not be able to compete with China on large infrastructure projects, but it does have a better reputation than China on issues such as labor rights. So in this way, EU aid can differentiate itself by focusing on strengthening civil society, governance, rule of law, and other areas that China neglects. And ideally, uh, companies from the EU which are operating in the horn um, could also distinguish themselves with their labor conditions, which would ensure that they continue to be seen in a positive light by local populations and perhaps also set the norm in the long run. Lastly, it's important for everyone involved in the Horn of Africa to make accurate and balanced assessments of China's role in the region. In the West, there's often a largely negative narrative about China's engagement in Africa, and although some of that reputation is deserved, China's also playing an important role in economic development in the Horn, and they do share many concrete goals with the EU, such as poverty reduction and anti-piracy. So a more balanced view of Chinese engagement in the Horn of Africa would benefit all parties involved. I would like to thank Franz Paul and Elena for joining us for Café Klingendal. Should you be interested in receiving future Café Klingendal podcasts, be sure to register at our website at www.klingendal.org. At our website, you can also find more information on our research, including a policy brief on the role of China in the Horn of Africa.